Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. So over the next few weeks, I'm really excited about this new series that I'm going to be doing, where I'm pretty much going to be walking you guys through different phases of fitness. So I'm sure you've heard terms like cut, build, reverse diet, maintenance. And I really believe that oftentimes these things are, these phases are misunderstood. And if we can just break things down to the basics, I just feel like there's going to be so much more understanding. Uh, We really can simplify things down to help people reach their goals. More than not, what I see happen in fitness is people, they get overwhelmed by the amount of information that is found on social media and found through like simple Google searches. And a lot of times they don't have the foundation to be able to kind of sift through what I don't need to worry about and what I do need to worry about. Because there is a ton of information out there that I feel like a good majority, 99.9% of you guys just don't need to worry about that information. It is just clouding your judgment when it comes to making decisions about your fitness journey. And I already believe that Fitness is so hard. It is hard for people to self-coach. And the reason why isn't always because they don't know what to do. Most people know when I want fat loss, a calorie deficit is it. It is it. Okay. Like that's, that is going to be king. A calorie deficit. Most people know that. But emotionally, they get in the way of their results because there's so much information that they're second-guessing things all over the place. They feel like they need to do some crazy, magical, nutritional timing because so-and-so on Instagram looks amazing and she did it and blah, 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 blah. And emotionally, we kind of, we get in our heads too much. People who are really good at self-coaching keep it super simple. They do. That's the answer. And they keep it simple and they are consistent with the simple things. Yes, there's the science. There's what's going on physically with your body. But majority of times, it's not the science that gets in the way of people seeing their goals. It's they need to get... Um, healthy expectations, and they need to get out of their own head. It's the mental piece, the mental game that they struggle with the most. Anyways, so with all that being said, I'm going to try to sift through, let me be your filter, okay? (laughs) Because there's just a ton of information out there. And I have spent a lot of time diving into the, the depths of some of this information, a lot of it. And so I'm going to tell you guys what you need to worry about and what 99.9% of you do not need to worry about, okay? So we're going to do a bunch of, we're going to do a series of lectures on maintenance, fat loss phases, reverse dieting, and the fitness fallacies around reverse dieting um, because that has a lot of them. And then we're going to go into builds. And what that looks like. And once again, we are going to keep it simple. Okay. So why I'm actually beginning with maintenance 
is people don't realize how important it is and it is so overlooked and it is so misunderstood. So it's really hard to find your, your cut calories, your calorie deficit, if you have no clue and no concept what your maintenance is. So if, if you feel like, oh, I know about maintenance, I don't need to listen to this. I want you to stop right now and realize that you, there's a lot of information out there about maintenance that probably is inaccurate. And maybe you've consumed some of that and maybe you haven't. But I, I just really want to, the foundation for all of these courses that are coming up are going, I shouldn't say courses, but these, these podcasts, these mini lectures, if you will, the foundation of them all will be here at maintenance. So you've got to start here. You may think, oh, I know about maintenance. No, you got to start here because we're going to put this into a couple parts. So part one, which is today, we're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to be talking about why maintenance is important, why I think it's overlooked. Looked. We're going to be talking about what maintenance is and how to find it. And we're going to keep things really simple. Okay. We're also going to be talking about how long to spend in maintenance post-cut before you cut again. And then even tips to help you find maintenance post-cut, but majority of that I'm going to save for the reverse dieting podcast episode that we'll do on that one. But I'll give you just a, a taste of kind of what to expect with that one. So let's begin what, with the question, why is maintenance so important and why is it so overlooked? So remember what I said, there's the mental piece and there's the physical piece of everything in fitness. You cannot, you cannot separate the two. Now, a lot of times what's great about hiring a coach is that you can kind of turn that mental piece off a little bit. doesn't completely go off, right? Because you still will will have ex expectations and frustrations and all of that. So you are going to have this mental emotional piece. And a lot of times it's really great because you can have a coach who can be like, hey, chill out, because that's usually what coaches are doing. They're, they tell you to calm down and they help manage your expectations. And a lot of people need that. They need reminders that, hey, look, your goals are going to take a little bit longer than you think for literally everybody. And so just know that you are now part of everybody and everybody deals with that, okay? So join the crowd and that's okay. That's okay. You know, and they may walk you through comparison. Like we can't do that, right? But anyways, I, so let's talk about, let's start first with the mental piece of why maintenance is so important, but also why it's overlooked. So oftentimes women tend to focus more on staying in a calorie deficit. Like they just believe that if they continue to lose body fat, that's, that will lead them to happiness and their goals. And so they're constantly fixated on restrictive eating. And I've talked about this before in a podcast, how majority of those women actually fall under their, their mind is focused on restriction oh, I can't eat that. I can't uh, go out to eat. I can't uh, enjoy a meal. They, they just focus on the restriction. They can't, they can't, they can't. 
but they're, it's really just kind of mental. They're in a mental diet, but then physically they're actually not in a diet. And we see this a lot in fitness. A lot of times people will come to me saying, I've been eating 1300 calories for years and haven't been losing weight. And the truth is they actually haven't been eating 1300 calories. But let me tell you what they have done. They have, well, maybe for a few days, they ate 1300 calories, right? But they haven't been consistently eating 1300 calories over the span of years. Very few. I mean, we can go obviously into uh, anorexia. Obviously, we're not talking about those individuals. Okay. I want to make that very clear. I'm not talking about anorexia, bulimia, eating disorders. I'm talking about on average when individuals come to me and they say, I've been eating 1300 calories for years. They actually haven't, but this is what they've been doing. They have pulled up their MyFitnessPal and they've said, oh, well, I need to get into a cut. I need to get into a calorie deficit. Somebody told me I needed 1300 calories for some reason. That's like 1200, 1300 is some weird magical number for a lot of people. So they're like, okay, I'm just going to do that. So they plug in 13, 1200 calories into their MyFitnessPal and they're like, awesome, okay. And maybe they, they track breakfast and lunch. And by the time dinner comes, they've been snacking in between a lot and they kind of by dinner, they're like, oh, whatever. Or maybe they have a few good days or maybe a few good weeks. And then pretty soon they plug in kind of half of their food, but really they're like taking bites and licks and nibbles of all of this food. And there's other stuff that they're like, oh, I'll track later and then end up not ever tracking. Or they're like, well, I'm going to guess on that one. That was one tablespoon of peanut butter when it was like three. And there's a lot of this stuff that goes on. And so it's really easy. I, I don't want to make somebody feel bad for falling under that camp because it is so easy and so normal to actually not have a really good idea of what's coming in. It is really easy to, okay? So don't feel bad that maybe you're kind of feeling right now, oh, maybe that's me. Maybe I haven't been eating 1300 calories. No, this is really, really good that you're acknowledging this. This is awesome. This is how change happens, okay? So a lot of it is mentally people are in a diet. They're constantly focusing on restriction, restriction, restriction. And so then they hear these messages of, oh, well, if you've been eating 1300 calories for years and you're not losing weight, you need to reverse. And then they're like, oh, that's what I need to do. I need to reverse diet. I've, I, my body's adjusted to these 1300 calories. No, the truth is you haven't been eating just 1300 calories every single day consistently. You just haven't. So your body really hasn't adjusted What's been happening is all of those things that have been left untracked are just landing you back at maintenance or near it. And so you're really not seeing any changes. So this is very, very common. Don't feel bad. This is ridiculously common. I was talking to a friend the other day and she told me, she said, 
I, I, over the past few years, I've slowly been gaining a little weight and it's frustrating, but I know I don't eat very much. And so I, I know I, I want to do a cut, but before I begin my cut, I think I need to reverse and push my calories up and then cut. Okay. So this is such a very, very common statement that I see out in the fitness world and that I, that I, I hear people say these things a lot. Okay. So there's things that are not lining up right now, and I'm just going to be the voice of reason and you may hate me, but I'm okay with that. As long as, as, as this sinks deep into your soul and then we fix the problem, you can hate me for being the person who's speaking truth. If you have been gaining weight over the past few years, you have not been in a calorie deficit, okay? So you needing to reverse your calories, up, your calories have been up. That's why you're gaining weight. Now, once again, I'm not demeaning this person and I hope it doesn't come across that way because believe me when I say I know how easy it is to, to not understand what's really coming into our body. It is so ridiculously easy. In fact, there's research saying that we can, we underestimate 20 to 50%, 50%, that's kind of a big number, okay? We underestimate this. So if you fall under this category, good job, you're normal. You're normal, okay? But we, but we do need to kind of change this narrative because what it's doing is it's actually setting people up for failure because they misunderstand the process and they misunderstand the body and they're making this weird and complicated and it doesn't need to be. So if over time your weight has been increasing, yeah, you've been in a slow calorie surplus, not eating in a calorie deficit. So no, actually you don't need to slowly reverse your calories because you've been overshooting them. And it was really great talking to my friend about this because kind of what came out was as I listened to her, we realized, okay, your meals are very small and they don't have much protein. So you're not really feeling very full from your meals, but they're very, very small. So you feel like you're, you eat like a bird. But then in between all of your meals, you're snacking on a bunch of sugar and sweets and candy and everything that's laying around the house. So there are so many different ways that we see this where people think they're not eating very much, but they're actually eating way more than they think. So is the issue that they need to reverse? No. But do you know what they need mentally? They need permission. They need permission to eat at maintenance. So a lot of times when clients come to me and they have this idea that I've been eating in a calorie deficit for so long, I really need to reverse and I haven't seen any body fat come off, but I've seen a lot come on. So I know my metabolism's broken. A lot of times I don't just shut them down because they don't need to hear that. They need to hear heard. And so a lot of times I'll listen to them and be like, you know what, do you know what you need? You need permission to eat at maintenance. So I'll try to connect with them to hear them out. And then as the process goes on, I will educate them on those things. But they don't need to hear that in the moment necessarily. They just need to feel heard and, and, he, and they need somebody to hear how frustrated they are with the process. 
that something's not working. And they are right. Something is not working. And so let's get them in maintenance and let's give them permission to sit at maintenance and not expect anything of their body and not expect anything other than let's just get you used to eating better with more protein and finding meals that you really love and enjoy but are healthy and fuel your body, mixing it with a little bit of that fun food, you know, those who have followed me for a while know I'm a huge fan of the 80-20 rule, 80% whole foods, 20% fun foods. So let's find this happy place with foods where I give you permission to eat and to not expect anything of your body. Because at maintenance, we don't. At maintenance, we spend time embracing and accepting our body exactly how it is in the moment. And this is a really beautiful place where we can kind of shift the focus from I want fat loss, I want fat loss, restriction, restriction, to no, let's move from scarcity, this mindset of scarcity that usually puts us in kind of a fight or flight, a really emotional response to a place of abundance and acceptance. I'm going to enjoy foods. I'm going to find health. I'm going to get correct portion sizes eat more protein, uh, fuel my lifts, feel strong. And the only thing I'm going to focus on about my body is I'm going to learn to accept it as it is and to feel ridiculously strong in the gym. And, and I love this. This truly is a beautiful place emotionally for women. If you look at your favorite fitness people who actually have healthy minds, um, because believe it or not, there are a lot of fitness people who look great and they don't have healthy minds. And can I just tell you, you don't want to follow them. You don't want to be like them because they are missing out on the joys of life. Okay. But you look at those that you respect, that, um, enjoy the process the most, that have healthy relationships with food. And they all have one thing in common. They spend far more time in maintenance than they do a calorie deficit. Okay, so let's start embracing maintenance. Now, a lot of times people struggle with it because they feel like if I'm not shooting for a goal, then I'm just sitting there. I'm not accomplishing much in maintenance. It's, it's like this lone injury world, like this wasteland of where nothing gets done. It's unproductive. It's such a waste. It's not. It's actually the catalyst to success. So start spending more time there and you will have more productive calorie deficits. Not because you magically reversed and you're eating more and fueling more. Like some people kind of misunderstand this. It's actually because we are spending a lot of time out of scarcity mindset and we are enjoying where you're at. We're accepting where you're at. It's everything I just talked about. And so because you realize that there's this beautiful life at maintenance, when it comes time to cut for three to four months, you're okay doing it mentally because you're okay leaning into scarcity just for a short time because you know on the other side is maintenance and you've experienced the beauty of maintenance. And so because of that, mentally and emotionally, a lot of times majority of women will actually thrive during their cuts more. So yes, there is this, this physical aspect of that as well. You've gotten your body into a really good place physically, 
hormonally, things are really nice, really balanced. You've focused on strength. So more than likely you have built some muscle there too. So there are these physical things. You stepped outside of scarcity and trying to do cuts all the time. And people don't realize that calorie deficits do create a stress on the body. So you've stepped away from that and you've sat in maintenance, which can be great physically too. So yes, there are those. I don't want to minimize those. But I have found that majority of the time, most women thrive after three plus months of maintenance because of what it does for them mentally and emotionally. It is so ridiculously healthy. So I hope that I really nailed that, why maintenance is so important and why it's so overlooked. Don't get into this weird mindset, guys, of, well, I'm nothing's being accomplished here, so it's a waste of time. No, it is not. It is the catalyst for success. It will set your body and mind up to do way better during a cut. And so you can emotionally and physically give more during a cut. I cannot emphasize enough how much maintenance is overlooked and how we need to thrive in it. Okay, what is maintenance? Now, I'm going to call it energy balance. A lot of times people say it's a calorie in and calorie out balance. Sure, whatever, if that works for you. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say energy balance here, okay? So this energy balance, if you think in your mind about a scale, you know one of those, those scales where you can place something on it and it goes up and down depending on, uh, well, it's usually called a balance scale. But if you put uh, too much on one side, it lifts up. So energy balance is when energy out matches energy in. So what influences that energy out? Well, your resting metabolic rate will influence that. So your height, your sex, your age, your uh, muscle mass, all of these things go into affecting that. So that's probably the biggest portion of the energy out. The next biggest portion, a lot of times people want to jump to exercise. It's not. It's actually non-exercise activity. So how active are you throughout the day? And then the next largest is, once again, it's not calories burned during your workout. It's actually energy burned by metabolizing food. And when we eat more whole foods, we can get a slight advantage to it will burn more to burn that, uh, to metabolize whole foods versus processed foods. So there is a slight advantage, once again, of choosing the 80% whole foods. Then next, we're finally at it. We're finally at it, guys. The next and the smallest amount that contributes to energy out is actually your workouts, okay? Your training. So don't misunderstand though, because if you are doing weight training, that can influence a little bit of this if we are building muscle. It's not going to massively, people are often like, if you put on muscle, you can eat 500 calories more. Well, were you on steroids? I mean, were you, did you put on 50 pounds of muscle? Because that's not normal, okay? So don't be confused. We're talking about a 50 calorie increase, okay? So 50 to 100, depending on how much and over the amount of time. But we're looking at a slight increase, but not excessively, okay? 
Now, on the other side of the scale, we have the energy in. And this is the calories coming in. But what's fascinating about this side of the scale is part of that energy in and what can influence that energy in, the amount of calories that we want to eat, can be things like our appetite. There are hormones that regulate appetite and satiety, and those hormones can be influenced by things like stress and sleep quality. So if you have a high stress life, and then on top of it, you're not sleeping very much, that is going to mess around with some of these hormones that regulate appetite. So that's actually one of the reasons why we can feel like we're eating the same, but actually because of stress and lack of sleep, we get these hormones signaling that we're hungry more when our body doesn't actually need it, but we have these hormones that are a little bit dysregulated. And so that can actually influence energy in. So I just kind of want you to take that, that piece of information, just kind of put it in your pocket because we're going to talk about that just a little bit later. But it is important to understand that there are things that can influence it and make you feel more hungry. Now, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a cut because that can definitely influence that. And we want to make sure that sleep and that stress is low so that we're not getting these huge hunger signals, anything over average during a cut, because that can really influence compliance. So energy balance is maintenance. When the energy out balances out to the energy coming in. Now, one thing that's really important about maintenance is maintenance is not an exact number. It's a range. Okay, so a lot of times people will say, well, my maintenance is 2,000 calories and I know I was eating 2,000 calories, but then all of a sudden I started gaining weight and I don't know why. And then we further discuss and we realize, well, before they were doing like four hours of cardio a week and they had to, because of work schedule, they couldn't do that anymore. They were only doing maybe like an hour of cardio. And then on top of it, they used to walk to work, but they got a new job. And so now they're driving to work. So now the energy outside is being manipulated. And that is going to affect the other side of the scale, right? So now there's less energy out, but they continue eating the exact same. So that is actually going to shift things to they are going to be in a slight surplus. So that's why I say maintenance is not an exact number. It's a range. And there's little things that it can influence it and affect it. Now, we don't necessarily need to obsess and think that small alterations like working out on workout days, we quote unquote need more because we may not. You may be overthinking it. Now, I'm not saying that I actually don't do that and schedule me to get a little bit more calories on training days. And I'm not saying that I don't do that for some of my clients because I do. But majority of people do not have to worry about that, okay? Because we are looking at kind of over the week what's happening. And when you find out your, your maintenance number, 
either by tracking or by using a TDE calculator. It is going to take into account your workouts. And so you don't necessarily need to manipulate things from day to day. Okay. So just understand that that's an optimization tactic that maybe if you mentally get in your head too much about things and you're already stressing about what's right, what's wrong. Well, first off, there's no quote unquote right or wrong when it comes to fitness. There's just kind of, it's a little bit more optimal. That may work a little bit better. Let's see what works for you. Like that's what it is when it comes to fitness. So there's no right or wrong. There's the individual and what's going to work for them. So get out of that mindset of there's a right or wrong. Okay. So for majority of people who are trying to self-coach, it is just going to be easier for them. And I usually encourage them to keep macros the same on training days and off training days. It is just, it's still going to pan out pretty much the same. Okay. So we don't need to overcomplicate things. So that's what maintenance is. It's that energy balance. It's if one side tips, then it is going to influence the other side. Okay. So keep that in mind because we're going to talk about that a little bit more during other um, podcast episodes for cuts and builds and reverses and stuff. So maintenance is that energy balance. Now, how do we find it? There's two, two ways that I suggest for finding your maintenance. The first one is probably the most accurate, but it's the one uh, that most people don't want to do. And that is what you're eating right now is probably your maintenance. It probably is. So if you've been kind of hovering around the same weight for the past three to six months, like you're eating at maintenance, okay? So if you were to just track your foods, don't change anything, okay? Don't change anything because we want an accurate idea of your maintenance. If you were to just track your foods for three to five days, you can get an average and you, you can get an idea of where your maintenance is at. In fact, that when I get a lot of women asking because they're breastfeeding and they want to know how do I find my maintenance? So how do I, well, they want to know how do they find their cut calories? And I always tell them you have to find your maintenance first. And really because of the stuff that's going on with your body, as far as like uh, breast milk production, a TDE calculator is not going to take that into consideration. So the best thing for you to do as somebody who's breastfeeding would actually be to track your foods three to five days. You can get your average and then you know what your maintenance calories are. Oh, that's pretty easy, right? Okay, you're going to track. You're going to find your maintenance calories that way. The other way to find your TDEE, which is your total daily energy expenditure, that is your maintenance calorie number, is actually using a TDE calculator. And I have one that you can use, and I'm going to put it in the show notes for you. And I will also tag 
a video and a little spreadsheet on how to use that calculator. But I think the most important thing when people do use calculators is understanding that it's kind of the best guess. But do you know what? If you hire a coach, they're going to give you their best guess too. So keep that in mind. When you hire a coach, and and the more educated the coach is, the more educated the guess is going to be. But guess what? At the beginning, it really is a, an educated guess. So don't get hung up on, well, I used a TD calculator and it was so wrong. And it, well, you might've put it in the wrong information. You might've said, oh, I'm aggressive. I work out, I work out so hard. And really you go to the gym maybe three times a week. That's not by any means or stretch of the imagination, like an aggressive person. But so a lot of times the information we put in isn't very accurate. So keep that in mind. When you get that number back on that TDE calculator, keep in mind, okay, this is the best guess. And if you want, before you even get into a cut, I really think it is so wise for people to get that maintenance number and then sit there for a while. So then what should your protein be at? That's what everybody always asks. They want to know their calories and they want to know their protein. And wisely so, because really fats and carbs can fall where they may. And although carbs can influence how you feel during a workout, if you just allow carbs and fats to fall where they may, where you enjoy them the most, like if you're using my calculator, you can kind of manipulate it and find like, oh, I tend to eat more fats actually. And then if you find, so you set your fats, you know, a little bit higher, and then you find your workouts maybe aren't feeling as good as you wanted them to, then maybe adjust it and drop the fats a little bit and increase the carbs. And then you may feel a difference in the workouts because that's what really the carbs are for. They're going to different types of training programs will actually, you'll perform better with higher carbs. And so when people obsess about macro ratios or when coaches out there are like, I know your, your magic macro ratio, hire me. Well, they're full of it because unless they're handing you a handwritten program, unless they know exactly the type of programming you're doing, then their quote unquote magic macro ratio is kind of a bunch of baloney and it's just their best guess. They're just kind of handing you a macro ratio that they're like, well, this seems to work for people. So it's really important to understand that calories and protein really are king in this. And that then carbs and fats may fall where they may, but if you're not feeling really good with your workouts, then maybe increase the carbs a little bit, drop the fats a little bit and see how you feel, okay? We know from research that high carb, low carb, once again, dang it, I'm like slipping into talking about fat loss, but high carb, low carb, when it comes to fat loss, the research is so unbelievably undeniable. Like, I don't know why people are still talking about this. The research has spoken. It doesn't matter. What matters is, can you be compliant? And some people can be more compliant to higher fats and lower carbs. Some people will be more compliant to higher carbs and lower fats. Some people need a bit more balanced approach and they can be more compliant. But to answer everybody's question that I know you're thinking right now, or some of you are at least, when it comes to maintenance, the most important thing really is going to be protein 
and calories. So finding your maintenance with what I just barely said, and then where should protein fall? So majority of women who come to me, they want some form of body recomp, meaning that they want fat loss and they either want to maintain or they want some type of like, I want to build out my arms or my glutes or they want a little bit more of muscle. And so that one, you're going to be landing at around 2.2 grams per kilogram. So if we're transitioning to body weight, as far as pounds go, then you're looking at one gram of protein per pound. So if you weigh 130 pounds, then that's usually why people are saying land around, you know, one gram per pound. You don't have to do that. You could actually go down to 0.9 for body recomp. Remember, this is body recomp. But maintenance, you could go down to 0.8 grams per pound. But when you go, when you push into a calorie deficit and you want to really make sure either some people want to, maybe if there's a chance that they can build some muscle or they really want to ensure that they are maintaining as much muscle uh, mass as possible, then you're probably looking around 0.9 grams to one gram per pound body weight, right? Okay, so now the next question is, how long to spend in maintenance post-cut before you cut again? So this really depends. But I have found that mentally it really helps women when they spend no less than three months at maintenance. Now remember, that's that mental piece. But also, if somebody was doing like a six-month aggressive cut, and maybe they were having some bad biofeedback. Maybe it was influencing their cut. They started uh, getting some gut issues. Maybe they their sleep was really bad. Maybe their heart rate was kind of going up a little bit. And so they they had these this bad biofeedback. And so they were like, okay, it's time to get out of this cut. I feel like crap. I'm feeling really weak all the time. When they get that type of bad biofeedback, and they move back into maintenance, I say, oh yeah, for sure. No lower than three months at maintenance. So it is going to take about three months for your endocrine system to kind of get back into a good place. So it really is important that post-cut that we spend a good amount of time in maintenance for the body, but also mentally for all of the reasons that I've already said when you are focusing a lot on restriction and scarcity, it is just mentally relieving and powerful to step out of that and step into abundance and strength. It, it's, it is so powerful. So now let's dive into the question. Post-cut, you're at the very bottom of the cut. You're ready to go back up to maintenance. And I want to cover this more in reversing, but I'll talk about it a little bit here. And I'm going to kind of use me as an example. So my last cut at the beginning of January, I weighed 132 pounds. And then I did almost a three-month cut. I think it was 10 weeks. And well, let me just say this much. At 132, with the amount of activity I was doing, I was just kind of doing my daily morning 20-minute walk at this point. Um, I hadn't included a lot of cardio. Uh, so I was really just lifting four times a week. At 132 pounds, my 
maintenance was about 2120. It was around there. Okay. So if I go from 132 and I'm just actually on using my, my macro calculator right now. And I put in my age 37, my height in inches. People are getting confused by that. <laughs> so height in inches. So mine is 67 inches. And then my weight was 132. I chose a moderate activity level and it put my maintenance at 2125. And then I lost 12 pounds and I went during that 10 weeks and I went down to 120. Well, now it drops my maintenance to 2040, somewhere around there. So once again, it's not an exact precise number, but it did drop around, you know, 70, 100. So that's what's going to happen when you lose weight. Because remember, your weight, the amount of body fat, body fat goes into that RMR, that resting metabolic rate that we talked about with the, that scale. What goes into energy out? Well, your RMR does. And when that drops, yeah, your calories, your maintenance calories, your TDEE is going to drop a little bit too. And so this is kind of a tip that I give a lot of people is use the same calculator that you use to find your maintenance. And you know, if you use a calculator and you find your maintenance and you sit there for a few weeks tracking app maintenance, you can really find out where your maintenance is. And you can find out if that was right, if it was accurate, that you're maintaining there. And then go back to the same calculator and do what I did where I type in 132 so I know what, you know, about where my maintenance was for my, for when I weighed 132 in January. And I want to find my new maintenance. Then I type in one. 20 and it's oh, okay around 2000 calories 2042 is what it says so around 2000 so I'm just going to maybe my reverse oh dang it I'm jumping ahead but I'm going to jump back up to maybe around 1900 calories or see how I feel because I'm also starting to like lower cardio as well because I was doing a lot more cardio so now I want to lower cardio and I want to increase my my calories in. So what I'm doing is I'm looking at that balance and I'm manipulating both sides. I'm lowering my energy out. I'm putting more energy in and I'm seeing, does the scale now balance? And I spent a few weeks kind of seeing, okay, now it's balancing. Now I do put on weight during a reverse, but I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to talk about that when it comes to reversing. I'm not putting on a ton of body fat, maybe a little bit, my weight does increase a few pounds, but then it kind of sits there. And that's when I know that I've found my maintenance because it kind of just sits there for a while. And then part two of this maintenance lecture series is actually going to be me talking about how at maintenance, I don't track. That always shocks people, but I actually find that it's very important. And usually with my clients, I teach them not to track at maintenance. And so I think it's really important to learn uh, to trust yourself around foods. And it's a practice that is so, if you can get out of this, I do it or I don't. No, 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 no. Get out of that mindset. It's a practice. It's a practice. So during practice, you screw up. 
You also do things great, but that's okay because we're practicing. We're practicing at life, people, okay? <laughs> so, so get over that whole like, I have to do everything right. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're, we're practicing. We're practicing at everything in life, okay? So back to kind of this recap of using a macro calculator to kind of find out what will be about-ish my new, my new set of calories for maintenance. And then I usually jump people up and then kind of feel it out and manipulate both sides of that scale until it balances again. And then we learn to thrive at maintenance. So then lecture two is going to be all about learning how to thrive at maintenance without tracking and how it is a practice. So hopefully you guys have been able to learn a thing or two about maintenance. I did do a Q&A on Instagram and I think I might do maybe a part three where we cover a lot of the questions. When I did the Q&A, I realized a lot of people have zero concept of anything maintenance. And so I actually think I'm going to publish this episode of the podcast. And then after everybody's listened, I'll do another Q&A after they've listened to find out, okay, where are the holes? Like where are the gaps in this discussion so that we can then fill them and empower you? How it's going to set you up for a lot of success. So hopefully we've been able to fill in a lot of the blanks that you've maybe had with maintenance and through the the next few episodes on maintenance, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to fill them in even more. Thank you for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. If you have any questions about this, shoot me a DM on Instagram so that I can use your questions and answer them for the next Q&A on maintenance and help other people. If you would like to learn more about my training app, and my training programs on there and how to optimize your training in the gym, check out my website, liftinglindsay.com. Have a great week.